foosball is expensive. Doing catered meals is expensive. Giving out company cards is expensive. But fostering a good workplace culture is free. Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. Happy New Year. Yes. 2019 is, a, is upon us. How did you kick off your New Year? Uh, I went to bed at maybe 10 o'clock at night and was woken up by some fireworks. I have a kid, so that's that's the way we do things. Got it, got it. I spent the, uh, in Arizona, <laughs> uh, Flagstaff, Arizona in the snow, and then uh, then it came back to Tucson and it snowed in Tucson, so I've been kind of in the snow a lot and my windshield cracked, and now there's a guy out there replacing it right now, so I'm off to a new windshield in 2019 here. Anything else exciting? Uh, the government is shut down. Oh, yeah, government shut down. Yes, for all of you <laughs> listeners. Unlike the government, Blake and I push through. We still show up and do the podcast. Yeah, we are not We are not stopping. Probably helps that we don't get paid for this. Uh, so it doesn't, doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> we have no budget constraints wrapped around us, tied to a wall. Exactly. It's like the funding has dried up, but uh, there was no funding to begin with. So it really doesn't affect us. I was just on the Future Proof podcast with Bill Sheridan this morning. It was, he invited me on, and it was really exciting. If you haven't listened to it, I, I suggest you check it out. It's called Future Proof with Bill Sheridan. He's the resident thought leader over at the MACPA, uh, and it's all about future of the profession. Cool. Really cool. Hope Hopefully, that episode will come out uh, sometime soon. All right, I'll we talked all that. about cloud computing and what's going to make firms shift to cloud versus on-premises. And you put lots of plugs in for the cloud accounting podcast? Uh, you know, I kind of forgot. <laughs> oh, man, amateur. <laughs> amateur out here. I know, right? <laughs> oh, forgot to put good. my own podcast on the uh, on the other podcast. I, I think I saw you on some uh, going concerns, like list of people we loved in 2018 or will love in 2019. And I think I saw you on that list and then I was reading what you provided your quote and you didn't say anything about the cloud accounting podcast there either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that, David. Um, I'm going to have to do better. I'm pretty bad for a guy in marketing, not to, not to <laughs> plug my own stuff. Yeah. Beautiful. So, beautiful. But, so, you know, I'm, an, I'm an accountant. What can I say? All right, I, under, I always undersell myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's let's jump into the news. So we were talking about the government being shut down. What does that mean for accountants? So I think that's the number one news. Like it's like the article is like, uh, is my article from? Oh, it's from CNBC. You know, so I think even CNN had articles. So like this is the biggest story right now um, in the country, arguably. So obviously it affects the accountants. I think there's uh, two two T's to this. One thing is like apparently E-Verify and E-Verify services are all down and unavailable. So if you are trying to hire people, there's a ripple effect of this because some of these apps now, um, like namely HR or Zenefits or any of those, if your clients are using those apps, those apps might not be set up to like bypass this process of connecting to the E-Verify servers and, and running some of these processes. So it's just something to be aware of. And just when the app may not work, it's not because of the app. It's because of E-Verify is down. This is going to be a real problem if it doesn't get resolved soon, right? Like E-Verify is for verifying employment eligibility, right? That's correct. So it's not really under IRS. That's Homeland Security. Uh-huh. But you have to do the I-9 and verify eligibility. Well, correct. Yeah. So a lot of people are getting new jobs. It's the new year, right? So it's going to be a big problem. People can't do that. Um, apparently, though, they've and their policy, and we'll put this in the links, they've suspended their three-day rule. I don't know what that Uh-oh. means. Like, like, Does this mean it just goes on forever until it's over? It doesn't really say like when it kicks back on. 
Well, I guess, so the rule is that you're supposed to verify employment eligibility within three days of hiring somebody. So at some point, they'll say, okay, now you have to verify everybody, and I guess you'll just have to catch up. Yeah, so a couple of questions I have that are kind of more ironic, right? If this is all e-verify, can it just run without people? Like, why is the e part of this being shut down? And, well, then, <laughs> and then two, if all this is about like the wall and people coming over and taking jobs, like this would be the one service you would leave up. So I just don't <laughs> kind of get it. It's That's true. That's true. This is this is actually the, the this is the most important. This is the wall. This is this the is, wall. This is the employment wall. This is the barrier, and we've taken it down. Oh God. All right. Well, <laughs> my let's, hands are up in the air on that. Yeah, you know, um, let's not let's not get too political. Even though we're talking about the shutdown, let's let's move on and talk about tax, right? Yeah, because so it, the shutdown is going to have some big implications for tax season if it doesn't get sorted out soon. Yeah. So, uh, what does the federal shutdown mean to uh, for the tax season? Right. Um, this is an article from CNBC. It's pretty uh, straightforward. Um, couple interesting stats in this one. Uh, 12% of the IRS staff are expected to continue working, but they're going to cut off like taxpayer questions. Oh, great. So, you know, whereas in the past you would try to get on the phone with the IRS and it would take all day long. Now you just won't be able to get on the phone with them. But but here's the difficult part. Everybody has to file under the new uh, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. So there's all these new rules and new laws that people don't understand. Yeah. And then on top of that, the stupid 1040 form got postcard sized. I'm doing air quotes here. And right. people are going to have questions on that. So they've just completely um, stopped everything. Now you can still pay taxes, but they won't issue refunds either. So it's just a trickle effect of this is kind of a mess when it comes to uh, tax. So last year, the filing season started January 29th. But it's hard to imagine if if the shutdown doesn't end soon, how they're going to manage to do that. So maybe it'll get pushed into February. And, and I mean, it could um, stack up, right? Where if, if they were already anticipating more questions than normal because of the tax changes, the new 1040, does this mean like things are just going to queue up and they're just ne- going to never recover in time and maybe they'll extend the actual filing deadline eventually? Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, isn't the... Uh... You know the April fifteenth deadline is that in, in is that in the law? Because then you need you need a, a change in legislation. Like, how is this gonna how's this gonna work? I think they've changed it. Like last year, or the year before, didn't something happen with some of the e file servers and they oh, actually yeah. extended it out a day? Yeah. So last year, the the e file servers crashed something like the day before the tax deadline. So they pushed it out a day or two. I think. That's right. I think it impacted you. You couldn't get your taxes to file. Yeah, I couldn't I file. I, I couldn't pay. I couldn't pay my taxes. Um, well, I could. I could pay, but I couldn't file. I think was the issue. So I just paid and filed later, and then it wasn't an issue. But uh, that's probably what they'll have to do if if the shutdown continues through January. Then I can't imagine that they'd be able to process everything by uh, by April fifteenth. Maybe the they best will. part of this though is so it said twelve percent of the people are still working. Right. The person that's not working though is I went to the IRS IRS News, so IRS News Twitter handle. It hasn't been updated since the shutdown started. So if you want to get up to date news, that person's not working. <laughs> yeah, all the all the uh, non essential personnel uh, have been furloughed, and I guess the the Twitter intern counts, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. So I, I don't know at this point, like, how do you as a professional in our space stay on top of the, the, the shutdown and the impact it's going to have on your clients? Because the IRS is radio silent. 
I guess just try to catch up as much to get get ahead as much as you can on everything and then uh, be ready to to file as soon as that opens up. You could go back and listen to a bunch of old episodes of the Cloud Accounting podcast. Yeah, if you're looking for something, something to, to do. do. Yeah. <laughs> check check out our our uh, historical episodes. We're up to episode 52 now. Hard to believe. Jeez. You got anything this week? Yes, I do. Uh well, it was a slow news week other than the shutdown. So I'm pulling one out of my Evernote. Uh, that I've been saving for a while. This was an article on December 3rd in the Wall Street Journal called Why Perks No Longer Cut It for Workers. There's been a trend over the last few years, uh, more and more companies, more and more accounting firms of all sorts offering perks to their employees. And, and you know, the classic one is snacks in the break room, like kombucha on tap or, right, like uh, 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 espresso machines, um, you know, prepared, prepared meals, right. Uh, break room with, uh, uh, ping pong tables and, and beanbag chairs, right. That is starting to saturate and people, employees, workers want more and, and companies are going to have to do more to attract workers than just offer those types of perks. Uh, this is based on a, uh, the story is based on a, a Gallup, uh, annual employment engagement survey, there's some um, really interesting stats in here that I'll share, but the big takeaway is that, quote, what will distinguish the most profitable companies from the rest in the coming year won't be whether they offer foosball or free food. It will be whether leaders foster a workplace culture where employees feel a sense of belonging like their jobs and trust their managers to help them move on to a better one. So the uh, the key takeaway or the key advice, if you want to be that kind of company, is to offer a clear a promotion uh, a pathway to your employees, right? Tell them what they do from the day they start to move up in the organization, give them the training that they need. Uh, companies that rank in the top 10% in engaging their employees, give them lots of training and encouragement to do their best work. Uh, those companies that were in that top 10% of employee engagement posted profit gains of 26% through the last recession compared with a 14% decline at comparable employers. So if, if you engage your employees, it directly leads to greater profits and growth. Fully agree. Um, this is uh, interesting because I, I heard two podcasts this week too that were from the, and I think we've talked about the indicator on, from Planet Money, yeah. on NPR's Planet Money, but they had two, art, two uh, indicators of the year, quote unquote. One was op opioids and the other was the Me Too movement. And essentially the, the, the theme of both of those is the strong job market. Mm -hmm. Right. And so companies are so a uh, a lot of females felt more empowered than ever to raise me Too type concerns because they're so confident they get another job. Yep. And then the op opioids ones interesting because companies are now instead of um, trying to hire new employees, it's cheaper almost by half as much money so they could get put an employee through rehab for opioid addiction for maybe 15,000 when maybe it costs 36,000 to replace that employee. Yeah. And that's just because the, the labor market's so tight. And so this just really ties the, you have to go above and beyond, like you just said. Yeah. That, that stat on opioids uh, is just, it's incredible because I, I remember not long ago when, if there was a hint of your employees doing drugs or having addiction problems, they were out the door. You could not show up to work and have that be a problem it was you, you, they would terminate you hire someone else and now the job market is so tight that employers are actually spending the money to send their own employees to dr drug rehab 
Yeah. That, that, that is a symbol of where we are at when it comes to talent. Yep. Well, so going back to this uh, Wall Street Journal article, I forgot to mention that one of the reasons this stuck out to me is that uh, uh, two companies are uh, mentioned in particular as creating great employment, employee engagement. Intuit is one of them. So Intuit is known, and David, maybe you can speak to this, uh, you know, having been there for what, you were, you were there for 19 years? 20, uh, 20, going 20, almost 22. Yeah, so yeah. they, they um, stress career planning for employees and promoting from within. 28% of Intuit's openings are filled with insiders, says Scott Beth, Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer. And that compares with a national average of 21%. So it's, they're doing better um, with that. And then in, in, Intuit does a survey of employees asking if they feel like they belong to the company. So that's engagement, right? 82% said yes. That must have something to do with all the success Intuit has had recently, all the amazing product development that has happened there over the last you know, five years in particular, uh, really speaks to the culture at the organization. And if, thinking back to uh, the public accounting firms uh, that I have encountered, uh, the, one, the large firm that I worked for, I, I would doubt that employee engagement is anywhere close to you know eighty two percent of people feeling that they really belong. I think engagement and belonging is just like abysmal in public accounting. Yeah, and I mean I, I could look at like Intuit over my career there, right? Um, Intuit always had like uh, different value pillars, right? And kind of the pillars were we solve for shareholders, we solve for customers, we solve for employees. Yeah. And you try to do all three pretty much equally, right? But what happened was, uh, and for was a uh, Previous CEO, before, prior to Brad Smith, things got a little too weighted towards shareholders. Mm -hmm. And then the obviously it impacted employee morale mm -hmm. and it eventually impacted the product and the customers. And really, I think once Brad Smith kind of came in and he really almost weighted it more towards employees, trusting that the customers would be mm -hmm. happy. And then eventually that will trickle down into making shareholders happy. Yeah. That is going to be the key to success. Uh, for companies of all sorts, and I think in particular for for service businesses uh, going forward in in 2019. And I think the the takeaway for maybe our listeners, if you have your own firm and you have employees, right, is foosball is expensive, doing catered meals is expensive, giving out company cards is expensive, but fostering a good workplace culture is free. Letting your employees work from home, uh, you know, loving their, like, it's all free. This is cheap. Any of you can Well, and this. even just, like, coming up with a career path for all of your new employees from day one, showing them what it takes to get from staff accountant to senior accountant to manager to director to partner, mapping that out for them and telling them what's expected. It's not something that a lot of firms do. They don't, you know, I, I never had that conversation with anyone. Uh, and, and I had to demand it. A lot of organizations just don't make time for that. So, and again, it's mm -hmm. it's free, right? Well, all it costs is your time, but it's time well spent as a manager or as a partner. Unless you're using timesheets and you go, you can't be filling those in for, with career <laughs> development for employees. Right, that's the problem is <laughs> firms, firms don't make time for uh, for that, right? They don't they don't they don't allow enough non billable time. So I have a. Two interesting quick number articles if you wanted me to throw some stats out. Do it. All right. So one is, uh, this is for the UK. They, I know we've talked about making tax digital. And what that is, is the, basically the IRS, Her Majesty's, uh, the, Her Majesty's revenue, uh, revenue and customs, right? Basically, it's the IRS, mm -hmm. right? They are requiring, IRS of the UK, they're requiring everything to be filed digitally. 
And everything has to be digitally, like start to finish, right? And which means a lot of people have to adopt new accounting software, et cetera, and processes and procedures. And I remember during the year, everybody was so confident, like 90% of my clients are going to be ready. Well, they just released like some uh, art. So this article is, um, it looks like it might be a paid article mm-hmm. by Sage, but I thought the stats were interesting. Um, there's a, there was a 2018 deadline because they're doing this as like the size mm-hmm. of the businesses and 750,000 people missed the deadline. That's a, that's a lot of people in the UK. I don't think this is going as fast as they thought it was going to go. Um, and I think there's a ripple because I think we, a couple weeks ago, t- maybe a month ago, we talked about how California is kind of possibly going to require a lot of uh, e-filing and e um Obviously, you have to e-file your payroll taxes, but e-file like sales taxes and all these other types of things. So, as if 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 the if the U.S. has this happen, they think it's going to be. Uh, we have to note, right? How long is this really going to take? Because it feels like it's rolling out yeah. much slower. Well, the, the 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 again, unless the we've talked about this before, unless the IRS gets more funding here, there's just no way they're going to do the 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 technological development to do something like making tax digital and have everybody filing electronically through accounting software. It's just like, remember we were talking um, earlier in 2018 about how the IRS just got funding from Congress to replace their mainframe computers that were the oldest, oldest computers in use in the entire federal government. I think other than the ones that we use for our nukes, which is kind of even scarier. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe the ones for the nukes are a little bit you know newer, but yeah, the IRS had the oldest computers in the in the government, and uh, finally they're they're modernizing. But um, the shutdown isn't going to help with that. Not at all. So that's going slower. But I do have another quick article about things that are going faster. So this was in uh, mm-hmm. payments.com, P-Y-M-T-S.com. and it's basically how 2019 is the year of instant payments. You were you were talking uh, about we talked this about uh, like uh, an episode or two ago about um. What what same day payroll for employees and stuff like that? Exactly, like ADP announced they were going to have same day payroll, or they've kind of started to roll that out. Um, people instant pay, right? So Visa did a survey of 20, 2,800 consumers, and they're in their quote unquote two thousand eighteen edition of the How We Will Pay study. Seventy percent of them in this of people surveyed expressed expressed a desire for shorter pay cycles, and twenty four percent expressed interest in being mm-hmm. paid on demand. So as soon as you do work, yeah. you get paid on demand. And it's even more interesting with uh, gig workers. 84% of gig workers said they would work even more if they were paid faster. So could you imagine um, you have a task rabbit person and they're getting yeah. paid instantly every time they do another task? Yeah. They'd just be out there hustling. It'd be, it'd so, be- so I can tell you from my own experience, I when, when I was a starving musician before I got, went into accounting, I worked at Starbucks. And I was an hourly worker and we got paid every two weeks. It was a paper check that was uh, mailed to our store. I had to pick it up from the manager in the safe. So sometimes that wasn't convenient. So often I would get paid really three weeks after, you know, <laughs> I, I would I would I would work for two weeks and then it would take like a week to finally pick up my check, right? And that's a long time. And psychologically, it was really hard to motivate myself to want to get more hours, right? Because it was so divorced from the actual payment that I was receiving, which was like pathetic anyway, right? So I, I would have at that time in my life, uh, I really needed the money. Uh, I would have loved to to get paid like after I clock out. Every day, I would I would have picked up more shifts. I'm sure I would have, 
right? And and this is something that I think that professionals who are on a salary and 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 you know when you have when you aren't living paycheck to paycheck, uh, you don't really feel this pain, right? So it's hard to imagine how this could really make a difference. Like, why would getting paid every day make a difference versus every couple of weeks? Well, it it really does when the money in your hand is what you are using to live on, and. We should be sympathetic to that. And I think the, so that's a survey, right? But the real proof in the pudding is, so Walmart rolled out about six months ago, um, this, uh, they partnered with another company even uh, to roll out instant pays and then let employees opt into this eight times a year for a small marginal fee. So it basically eliminates a payday mm-hmm. loan type situation. And they can, and in the instant pay could be up to half of your wages. Oh, that's great. That you earn during that two week pay cycle. Six months into this program, more than 200,000 Walmart employees have taken advantage of that. Wow. So this is not just a survey like, hey, do you want to get paid every day? People are actually going out of their way to sign up for programs yeah. to be paid right away. That shows the demand is there. And and you know, as you mentioned, the talent market is tightening. It's getting harder and harder to find people. This is going to be one of those uh, perks that not a lot of companies offer that those that do, uh, especially those who hire hourly workers, will be able to uh, benefit from. Yeah. And it's not, not just not employees, small businesses as well. So PayPal's announced that they launched funds now. And that basically uh, essentially lets merchants get instant access to their funds based on their card sales at their, mm-hmm. at their establishment. And the way they've been able to do that is just they have the data. So they have they can evaluate hundreds of thousands of variables in real time and make decisions accordingly. And, and we talked about uh, what Square is and Stripe are now offering next day deposits for for credit card payments. I can't remember which one, but that's a that's a huge perk for business I think owners. I remember correctly at Cooper's Connect that was a the theme of all the yeah. Cooper's Connect announcements. It was like next day payroll, next day payments, and something else next next day loans or instant loans. Right? It's all instant, instant, instant. And if you think about it, right, this it is ridiculous that our our banking system is so slow, and it takes like two days to send somebody money, right? So it's about time that we finally had this. They've had this for years and years in Australia and the UK because all the banks have a much more sophisticated system for sending payments. Yeah, and that's about all I have. All right. So I, I don't know if anybody else has uh, any more examples. I, I actually find it interesting if anybody has uh, an example of something instant payment that's beyond payroll and maybe paying business to business. I would love to hear about another example. I'm sure there's got to be one I'm not even thinking of. Well, actually, uh, a good example is uh, expense reimbursements. Oh, yeah. Right? So uh, expense reports, right? We, we use Expensify here at Flowcast. I love it. Oh, and, and the way we've got it set up, when I scan a, a receipt, for an expense that I had, we use their automatic submission thing. My expense, if it meets the criteria, gets automatically submitted and reimbursed next day if it meets the, the requirements. And so I, that's way better than waiting weeks to get reimbursed for uh, travel expenses and whatnot. So if anybody has any other articles or anybody wants to vent about the uh, IRS shut, the government shutdown, please uh, tweet at Blake about this since he's going to run for Congress eventually. <laughs> no, no, never happening. Uh, but you're welcome to tweet at me. I am at Blake T. Oliver. And how about you, David? I'm at David Leary. And I think this is a wrap. That's it. Uh, a great talking to you, David. And I'll see you next week. Everybody have a good uh, 2019. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.